not even an important conversation. Right. But something that one day maybe you'll say something that will stick. And I think that's what we hang on to is that hope that maybe one thing out of these 10 years of lessons I've given you, if one thing sticks and it makes you make a good choice or make you want to be better or then that's all you got to hope for. People who are really looking out for his good are his parents because we have so much time invested into him. But he's only 10, and at this point, he's like, no, my friends are life, and that's what it is. So I think we waste words and time trying to explain to them things that make sense to us as adults, but they don't compute. Yeah, I mean, my oldest stepson, Yeah, a week before he was supposed to graduate high school, got arrested for following his friends. And what's crazy about it is I used to harp on that. Like, his whole senior year, he didn't want to do anything but skip. Yeah. And I kept trying to explain to him, like, just because your friends are doing this or they have that um, does not change their value. Right. You know, it doesn't make them a a better person or a cooler person. Like, I don't understand where that came from in this world that our value is measured by the things that we do or how society sees us. Yes. Um, and, you know, and I, I tried to tell both the boys, because there's, there's two, um, that the friends aren't going to stick around, especially when shit hits the fan or you graduate high school. I'm like, you're doing this all your senior year for these friends, and as soon as you all graduate, you're not going to talk to half of them. Right. And instead, he went to jail for them. And then they missed their graduation. It was a whole thing. He's still on probation. And he talks to, like, one of those friends now. Right. So I'm like, what was the point of that? Well, and that's the thing. I saw this thing on, um, it was either Facebook or one of those, you know, this guy was very successful. And he was saying, well, all of my friends were out partying and going out and getting in trouble what I was doing is I was creating a business so now I'm in my mid-30s and now I can go out and do all these cool things because now I have the money to do it the stability to do it and they can't because they're just trying to catch up for all those years that they wasted so you know it's there's a lot about who you surrender yourself with there's a lot but you as a parent can only control so much mm-hmm. and me as a kid I remember being a teenager I was gonna do what my friends were doing regardless mm-hmm. so it's just part of the process and it's trying to have some control over who your kids hang out with but again sometimes what looks good on the outside is not great on the inside you never know what that kid's household looks like because even if I come and I meet you and we're friends and we're parent friends and what's going on inside of their homes is mm-hmm. you'll never know mm-hmm. yeah and um kids don't kids don't think like that yeah. it, it's so sad too because now like, they don't like talking to me about stuff because they feel like I'm always shutting them down like that was literally a conversation that I had with with both the boys um but they're both over 18. And I'm like, look, this is real life. Like you, I don't understand why you think I'm 
being mean to you or I'm not validating your feelings because for one, I'm not going to validate poor decisions. Yes. Which following your emotions at that age in life, you're most likely submitting to the feelings that you're feeling. Yeah. And that's causing you to not make smart decisions. Right. And so out of my love for you, I want to see you do well. So I don't want to see you do or make choices that I have previously made. And I know like they always say that kids have to learn the hard way. Yeah. But like just once, will that ever change? Right. Well, and you never know. Maybe one thing that you may say at a moment may stick. Mm -hmm. And it's probably something out of like not even an important conversation. Right. But something that one day maybe you say something that will stick. And I think that's what we hang on to is that hope. That maybe one thing out of these 10 years of lessons I've given you, if one thing sticks and it makes you make a good choice or make you want to be better or then that's all you got to hope for. Yeah, it's like sitting in the back of their mind. Like they're going to make a decision that's like not as bad as probably the decisions I was even talking about. But they're like thinking about it. Well, she did say. Right. Maybe when they get tired and they get beaten down enough. I think so. And, you know, like I'm I'm 42 years old and I used to, my, my dad, I lived with my dad since I was 12. And um, him and his second wife basically raised me until I left. And my dad was very strict. He was very strict. He was always on top of me. And basically growing up from 12 until 21 when I left, he was my enemy. Like I hated my dad. We didn't have a good relationship. You know, he was just trying to keep me on track. But I didn't realize that until... Gosh, in my 30s, when I was like, gosh, he was just really trying to make sure that I. Mm -hmm. So, but it took me 30 something years to see that he wasn't my enemy. You know, he was trying to be a parent. He was trying to guide me. Mm -hmm. Now, I did have another parent, my mother, who was my friend. That always messes things. Right. Um, I can't stand a friendly parent. Right. So was it, it, does it have some value? It did because... Because my dad was so strict, my mom was the opposite. My mom always knew where I was at, who I was with, because I didn't have to hide from her because she was my friend and everything was cool. Mm-hmm. And then with my dad, he was so strict. He, if, if something happened to me and I got kidnapped or something, somebody killed me and dumped me, and he wouldn't have known where I was at because I was always lying to him, telling him that I was at school or that I was somewhere where I wasn't, though. Is there a benefit to a friend parent? Absolutely. But I feel like that parent that, that feels the need to be a friend needs to learn how to balance parenthood and friendship, which is hard to do. Yeah, I was going to say your famous line is everything is balanced. Exactly. And I think when, um, like my, I like to call them my stable parents, but when my aunt and uncle adopted me, um, one of the things I had to realize was um, it was hard enough for them to take in something that was already so molded um, that they I was blessed with the fact that they talked to me very straight up. You know, like there was balance and a, and a sense of, all right, we're going to say this. This is what's going to happen if you do x y and z but if you do x y and z yeah that's your life you're messing up right 
And I think that was one of the biggest things that I loved that they used to say to me because not only did it it push me to show them that I wasn't going to mess up, you know, which was kind of just really rebellious, but it also gave me a chance to, um, it was like reverse psychology. It, It gave me a chance to do things knowing there was consequences, but then make my own decision. And it, I, it, I usually ended up making the right one. Right. Because I didn't want to prove them right. Right. You know? Yeah. So it was a weird thing that they did, and it, it worked out, you know, and I realize it now, but... Yeah. It... I don't know. Yeah. No, there is... So there is... It's... There is an advantage. Oh, you know, I remember... I always tell this story because I feel like it was a lesson for me now as a mom. It's something that I'll probably use with my son. You know, I was a teenager and I had a boyfriend. He was my first serious boyfriend. We were together for four years. But my mom, regardless of, you know, whatever her negatives were, my mom was pretty smart. So she could see at that age, your hormones are raging, and she could see where this was going. And we were, me and him were stuck together every day, and we were almost a year together. And um, I remember because she was my friend, I felt like I could go to her for everything, right? So when I was thinking about losing my virginity, I went to my mom. No, Almost nobody can do that. You yeah. hide. Like, I would have never gone to my dad. My gosh, my dad was like, no, you know, like, mm-hmm waiting for marriage you know (laughs) then I went to my mom and I said you know I I, I'm at this point and I think we're both kind of ready and and you know my mom could have said absolutely not you're 16 you're too young and all I think she was a very smart woman and she said okay it's gonna happen regardless of how what I feel about it you guys are gonna find a way you know to do it so I'm gonna take you to the doctor and we're going to educate you on diseases, pregnancy, you're young, you don't, you know. So because of that, never in my life, in 42 years old, I never had a pregnancy scare. My pregnancy with my son was planned. Everything was planned. And I'm grateful for that because I have people in my life who have gotten pregnant really early, ruined their lives because of it. Um not ruin their lives but life is a lot harder when you become pregnant so early and I never had that problem and any time that I had a question about certain things I didn't know you're just trying to figure it out as a teenager as your first relationship as this is that I could go to my mom for help and she was always there I remember when this guy broke up with me we were together for four years it was heartbreak like I could never imagine I didn't eat I didn't sleep I cried all day and Mm. and she was there with me through it so she was my friend more than a parent so the lack of balance there where I missed on the parent side but I had the parent you know I had the friend side there was a lack of balance absolutely but I do feel like one of the two parents have to have a little bit of that friendship so that your kid feels safe to come to you Mm -hmm. and I think naturally it's going to be the mom yes except for me it's the opposite because because my husband lacks so much on that balance he's all friend no Mm -hmm. parent so somebody has to take over the parent role and I've done that since my son was little Mm -hmm. so I'm just a parent and he's just a friend Mm. 
at least that's how I feel like it. He will probably get offended if he hears this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but it's something that's it's a serious problem. I mean, um, yes, it, it it puts a lot of stress on that relationship, and it makes it really hard to choose the other parent over the child. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it really does. So, um, I mean, I'm seeing that here with this family here. Yeah, like they don't. They help each other out with very small things, but you can tell you can tell that the dad is very uninterested in having to deal with anything involving the children unless it's on his terms and it's playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the mom that is seeking the husband's attention so much. Well, not even husband, but boyfriend. Seeking his attention so much that when the, hu- the father's home... The mom is concerned with what the father is doing, ignoring the children, and then nobody is really paying attention. And then when there is that attention there, it's the mom usually having to correct and yell and do this and do that. And, you know, there's no rhythm between the two Yeah. Um, until it gets to a point where it annoys the other person because, well, she's going to be out here with me, but the kids are inside you know, hollering, she's not going to stay in there with him, Yeah, with them. So now I need to get involved because now it's cutting into my peace time. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mm. so what is the balance? What What would the perfect balance look like? Because I, I don't know. I haven't seen, I don't know what's too much and what's, what's not. Because observing that, then hearing your story, and then how I grew up, it's like, what was what's the real balance? Because even when I talk to the, you know, I talk to my stepchildren. Yeah, I'm friendly with them, but at the same time, I'm very like, like I I can be very friendly with them, but then there's days where I'm really, I think, strict with them or like yeah. hard on them, and that's it's hard for me to find the balance because I'm like all right, I want to be friends with you and I want you to feel comfortable with me, but then I also want you to realize that there's just some things that is yeah, not productive to right. your life. But I don't know how to... I don't know how to... It's the hardest the scales, thing. You know? Yeah, it's the hardest thing to figure it out. Look, my son is 10, and I realized that I was only that I was so strict on my son and that he was not coming to me for things just to his dad because he felt safe with his dad. He didn't feel safe with me like, like that he was always going to be the hammer or like, he was always going to get in trouble if he came to me for something. So, but I, 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 I'm still learning. So I'm realizing that now in my son's 10, is it too late? No, it's not. I'm fixing it little by little, but I had to realize that. And do you know what a funny thing is? You know what made my light go off? It's like the most random thing. I was, we were talking, this was two years ago. It was during the COVID, the whole COVID shutdown thing. And one day we were talking about the fact that people are so complacent, right? You're told to wear a mask, you wear a mask. You're told to, to get a vaccine, you get a vaccine. And you never question anything, right? Mm-hmm. You just don't. You just do what you're told to do. And then one day I told my son something. I said, go brush your teeth or go to bed. And he's like, why? And I said, because I said so. And at the moment that I said, because I said so, my light went on and I was like, this is why we're raising complacent children. We don't allow them to question authority. Mm. 
myself included. He asked me why he had to do something. And I just said, because I said so. Mm -hmm. So he did. And then my light went on. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm making my son complacent. Like, obey me because I told you to. Mm -hmm. Instead of just stopping and explaining to him why he had to do this. So I try to do that now. For an example, mm -hmm. Lucas, go to bed. Why do I have to go to bed? Instead of going because I said so, I make an effort to explain to him, well, because you have school tomorrow and I need you to get good sleep. I don't want you to be tired falling asleep at school. So it's those little things or... They deserve the conversation. Yes, and they can talk to you and you don't necessarily have to correct them or you know he told me a couple of days ago that somebody pushed him at school and he pushed him back and I said well good I'm proud of you for defending yourself instead of saying oh my gosh now you're gonna get in trouble or you know so I think it's allowing them space to tell you certain things and not necessarily just correcting them or jumping on them even though it it's my nature to want to mm -hmm. but I'm learning to kind of find that balance a little bit. But it's hard, and it's going to get harder as they get older, and they'll get into more stuff, more trouble, more situations, and it's not easy. Yeah. It really isn't. Or, you know, my husband struggles on the other end where he's too much of a friend and not enough of a disciplinarian or a parent, so now he has struggles with my son that I don't, you know? So I ask my son to do something. Usually Lucas gets up and he goes and does it. With his dad, it's it's an argument every time. His dad asks him to do something that he doesn't want to do. He'll take the time to argue with my husband back and forth that he won't do it to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I was just talking this morning about this with somebody um, where... Um, I said, it's very important that children listen on the first time. Mm. And I said, as a mother, that is something, because the person I was talking to, she struggles with this. Uh, I said, as a mom, though I know you are the more nurturing and compassionate one, you still have to have that level of discipline instilled in your children that when you tell them to do something, they do it without questioning you. Right. And I think it's something I learned from the army and it was a protection. So like, the other day, one of the kids was out here, and the bucket trucks were coming in. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, get out of the road, get out of the road, get out of the driveway. Yeah. Um, and he straight looked at me, and then walked further into the driveway to like the point where he was in front of a bucket truck. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so obviously, you know, the bucket truck was fine. The person driving was paying attention. He just, you know, he just stopped or whatever. Um, but I said, I said. Do you see why it's important that they listen one time? Because instead he was completely rebellious. And that what if the brakes would have went out? What if the driver wasn't paying attention? Now you have flattened son because he couldn't listen whenever you told him to do something the first time. Right. So I think if if you start out young by explaining and giving them that conversation, then as they start to listen, they will know, okay, there is a reason why she has told me to do x y and z i just don't know the reason yet right you know right. but if you don't do that when they're you know young like these kids are like five and seven or something like that like this is the time you should be doing that so when they do get older you tell them to do something and then they do it and they come back to you and then they ask the questions yes and i think that will create that safe space but also that discipline for the child um and it sucks 
that some parents think too that if a child acts one way with the one parent and not the other way with the other parent it's like come fix this Mm -hmm. come why isn't he listening to me like come handle him like right you know I don't I don't like that I don't either and it this is the thing it's hard for me like I sit there and I watch you know my son and my husband argue I'm like, you're scooping down to a, a 10-year-old's level. Yes. Like, I don't want to argue with a child. Right. But at the same time, I'm looking at my husband saying, you did this to yourself by not establishing a relationship of authority with him when we were younger. Because you were the friend. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to always be that there's, nowadays especially, there's a very big difference. Like, the if whatever parent is going to be the friend, they usually go sh- to the extreme, like best right. friends. Right. And that that's how my stepkid's mom is. Yeah. The best friend. And I'm like, you can't do that because now you're, she like, she'll straight up lie for her kids. Yeah. And it drives me insane. I'm like, how old are you? Right. Like, you're acting like it's a best friend that snuck out and, right. you know, you're trying to cover up so they don't get in trouble. Right. No. That's not keeping your children safe for one. Yes. And that's setting them up where it's like you can get away with things. Right. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I'm telling you, the hardest thing to find in marriage, motherhood, life in general, balance. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing to find mm-hmm. on with everything. 